0: Inside the right circle, Nashville zone is Ryan Ellis. He gives to Yossi, who carries to center. Off the skate of Sissons, coming down the right wing. Yossi scores! Roman Yossi coming down the middle. Right half wall, Johansson. For Duchesne in the corner. Forsberg shoots and they say no! And now Yossi with a try he scores! <laughs> one way or the other, it was going in! And now ahead, Predators a two-on-one. Here's the try by Torres to score! Kyle Tourist elected to shoot rather than pass. Eric Carlson comes up left side at center, gave the puck away. Forsberg flipped it back. Forsberg shot, he scores. Silva Forsberg. And there goes Brett Peterson to the parking garage. (laughs) Puck is fired by Fabro, and he gets it. Dante Fabro into the empty net. The fans stand and roar as one. Time runs down, and the Predators get this 5 2 victory here
1: tonight. And we welcome you into a Wednesday edition of Morning Drive, off and running live here on ESPN 1025, The Game. Nick Braden, D Mace, and Marquise. Good to have you in for the next four hours, coming off of a, another impressive hockey victory last night. Predators down the Sharks 5 to 2. Stanley Cup, baby. What a good a na- day. What a good night of sports Wednesday? last
2: night. What's good? We, we, so, yeah, we're good. Stanley Cup, baby. Yeah, we can overreact. Stanley Cup. I mean, that Johansson, he's so hot. He's so hot. <laughs> that, thought she picked up an apple.
1: That Johansson. She's got six of them. That Johansson
2: is so hot right now. Tourists. It was a Tourist sighting yesterday. Yeah, boy. Had he a had good, a breakaway.
3: Had a good three games to start yes. the season. Yes.
1: He, he paid what he owed. He paid what he owed. <laughs> God, I still don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know. It's You will not here. hear that today, too. <laughs> oh man hey
3: hey 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 i'm gonna give love to a last minute nashville sc win as well yesterday was good sports in the nashville area you got a got a baseball game going to series going to game five you got the preds winning easily you got sc picking up a big three points with, the, with some magic there at first tennessee park it, it was it was a good sports night on a tuesday man multiple uh, multiple screens going oh, i had multiple screens going i didn't leave the office the, the wife was yelling at me about something I don't know from the yeah, living room. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. I said, "Okay, all right. <laughs> I'll be right out." <laughs> Sounds good. I'm watching
1: the power play. I'm shaving. <laughs> uh,
3: Thought no, I'd save some time. Oh no, man, it was a good. I just I just found myself thoroughly entertained with with athletic competition last night, boys.
1: Thoroughly
2: entertained. Yeah, I was. Um, it was real thoroughly. spectacular. Thoroughly entertained by the Predators. Predators. The what? The Predators. <laughs> P-R-E-T-H-A-T-O-R-S. Yeah. Predators. No, but they were, I mean, the one guy that just stands out consistently, it was It was great to see Taurus because he's, like you said, he's had a really good stretch of uh, of games um, to start the season. And he's looking as if he's kind of getting back to the tourist that he was, which would be. Pay dividends for the Nashville Predators if indeed that happens, because then your line goes real deep. If he can kind of kick it into gear, uh, but Pekarene, man, oh man! Besides giving up that one goal, I think it was one goal because I turned it off like it was uh, maybe three or four minutes into the third period. I was like, ah, they scored the fourth one. I'm I'm done. I'm going to bed. Um, I mean, he's just he's just a monster, man. Thirty-three Sor- of thirty-five. Yeah, Soros, you don't want to don't get back in the net. Just. Go, just go relax for yeah. a long, 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 long time. So no, it, I'm just so, playing. So, so it is overreaction Wednesday. Yes, I'm just <laughs> playing, people. No. But Pekka played, I mean, yeah, he played kidding. lights out yesterday once again.
3: Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this pay what you owe thing uh and try to use it how it actually should be used. Um which is so there is somebody now that needs to pay what they owe, and it's the Nashville Predators. And it means they need to start <coughs> coughing for Roman Yossi. They need to cough it up, because Roman Yossi on a tear to start the season. Two goals last night. He is playing like one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Two two way player, obviously. Um, and, and here here's and I, again, I heard Floyd say this a couple weeks ago when they were talking about the contract. And if you believe that Roman Yossi as your captain is the man to take you to the Stanley Cup championship, and you are half a million dollars away. Or a million dollars away in an agreement. Give him the money. That's it. Like, it's not more complicated than that. Okay, maybe nine and a half feels like too much to you, David Poyle. Maybe eight and a half is what you want. If you believe Roman Yossi is going to help you get to a Stanley Cup championship, what is the difference? Pay him his money. And
1: if you think he's a Norris Trophy legit contender, that's the going rate.
3: Pay that man his money. Listen, like, it's... Uh, again if if you don't think that and you're questioning the upside and you're not and then you're so concerned about uh, you know the million dollar difference then then hold to your guns and, and stay and stay firm on this and then fine let's see how the contract plays out and maybe you let him walk I, I don't know maybe you trade him i don't know what the other answer is but if you really believe in him as your captain and you really uh, by all accounts they do like Dude is getting the job done. He's been the one of the best players on this team for as long as he's been on this team. If if you're at 875 and he wants 9-5 and you're three quarters of a million dollars away, just give it to him.
1: Well, I, I think your, your your tweet last night was spot on when you said, you know, put Yossi's agent and you quoted, <laughs> yeah, nine's not enough. Yeah, it, I, it's true.
3: He, he scored his second one and I just tweeted out, Yossi just sent a text to his agent, and, hey, nine's not enough. Nine ain't enough, boys. I mean, the
2: the more and more if he continues to play at this level, which we know it'll kind of dip down because the season is a war of attrition and you get tired and your play kind of go up and down. But if he just stays consistently at that level, my thing is why even do this? Why even hold this sort of big elephant in a room over 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 the organization's head, so to speak. Why even do it? Just sign a man to a deal. Get it out of the way. He's proven that he's worth more than probably what you're going to give him anyway. This back and forth. If it's indeed this back and forth, then no, we don't know. No, man, he's proven that he's worth every bit of it. Give him his money. Get it done. Over with. And let the season go but as we think your it will go.
1: gut feeling when a deal does get done for Roman Yossi, Will your initial reaction be, whoa, he really cashed in? Or, wow, David Poyle worked his magic again. How do you get him for that number?
3: Um, I-, I think most of David Poyle's deals end up being in the middle, where it's like, it- it's like, man, that's a really good number for the player, but also a pretty good number for the team. And that's pretty rare in sports. And I think the Predators have done a very good job of that, where they take care of their guys, but they also get a little bit on the on the back end to help out, whether that's, you know, they gave Matt Duchesne a, a partial no-trade clause or, or whatever, They'll work extra things into the deal. Um, bigger signing bonus for, for you know, if, if they need to, bigger than they've ever done in franchise history. So so Poyle will do things around the, the AAV or, or just the years to try to add value to the contract if, if he sees fit to, in an effort to get the cost maybe down, you know, like, again, we're talking half a million, quarter of a million, three quarters of a million, a million dollars difference over seven, eight years per year. So it's not a small amount of money. But if, if you think Yossi's worth eight and he's asking for nine and a half, okay, yeah, I get it. A million and a half year, dollars over seven years is is a lot of money. That's seven, eight, ten million um, dollars. So I, I get that that's a thing. But again, like if if this is your captain and this is the guy you think is going to carry you to a Stanley Cup championship, and you believe that in your heart about him, then then I don't think the that that small difference that you're at just just come up three quarters of a million dollars and and. Split the difference and say Yossi, we'll give you a little bit more than than the mid, the midway point. Are you willing to come down a little bit? And all of a sudden, he gets a big deal. Um, I, I think it'll be both. I, I think there'll be a little bit of whoa, that's a big contract for Yossi, and also, you know what? Not terrible for for the Preds. I think they'll be both.
2: He, I don't think uh, the way these, the way that this money is being dispersed throughout the NHL, uh, and he he and his agent is watching this. This is a different deal from what they've done, you know, with Duchesne, PK, all those other guys. This guy's been here for the he's been here for a while. He's been here for the long haul. And he's consistently played at a level where you he's the best player. And he's looking at everyone else around him getting paid. He's not taking he's the this is the one guy I think that's going to push that limit where you're gonna pay me kind of like uh, Weber did like you you give me like either you give me the money or I, you know it, it is you pay me the ten million dollars per I think that's what they were planning close um to it you either give me that or we we just don't have a deal and I think Yosi is going to be that same way like I've earned the right to have this contract so it's not like I'm trying to you know you know put you across my knee and and beat you I just want with the other guys in my position are getting paid because I'm just as good as them or even better.
1: Yeah. Predators defeat the Sharks last night five to two. They pick up two points to get to four on the year, two and one on the season, one final home game tomorrow against Washington. Roman Yossi, of course, one of the biggest stars of last night with two goals. Turris, Fabro, and Forsberg, a goal apiece. Matthew Shane picks up his sixth assist, tied for the lead in the NHL. And Pekka stopped all of 33 out of 35 shots.
3: Well, you mentioned Fabro. We had the Fabro tourist conversation yesterday. Then both of them go out and play well last night. So um, that, that's obviously. Thanks what, to us. That, of course. Yeah, the, Predators fans, yeah. you can thank us. Um, and by the way, did you guys see the tweet from uh, Maccababe, from Chase McCabe?
1: I did. See I that? don't look
3: at Chase's tweets. Did you see that? He called us clowns. He said those clowns on morning drive because he interviewed Victor Robertson after the game, which you'll hear uh. coming up next. And uh, he said, no, guys, no clowns. I did not call him RV. I yeah. said, "Cool, good job, Chase. You did your job. Yeah,
2: you did what you're supposed to do. You did what you're do.
3: supposed to do. Not I don't know why you threw Arby. me in that. You're, I didn't you're even like say an, anything about him. You're like an <laughs> offensive lineman who didn't get called for holding. Exactly. Way to go.
1: You did your job. Okay, <laughs> yeah. good job, Ben Jones. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we all right. Love you, Chase. And then after the interview, he pro- you Chase.
1: see during the interview, he probably
3: didn't call him RV, but then after he's all right, see you later,
1: RV, mm-hmm. and that's
3: <laughs> and that's okay. That's the that's the thing. It's okay. In private settings, you, you got nicknames or, or or friendship names with players. Like, fine, that's cool. Just not on the interview. No, he's
2: he's going to slip back into it. I you know. Know. We'll hear from the constable <laughs> with
1: Victor Arverson. Uh That's coming up next, as well as an interesting question that we'll have for, for Preds fans. But let's take a listen uh, to Peter Laviolette last night. He was asked if he thought the chemistry on the second line would come along this quickly.
3: Peter, how quickly did you expect... Philip and Matt, and against me, Kyle, as well, to develop chemistry. And has it come together quicker than maybe you anticipated?
4: It. I mean, it. I, I see what you see. It looks good. I mean, there's, they they seem to find each other in small areas out there. They seem to think the game the same way. I think Granny's a big part of that line as well, just with his work ethic and, and creativity. So so far, they've looked good. And I, I think that you, when you put something together, you you like to think that it's going to work but you're not always sure and so far it seems like it's it's been a good combination
1: all right there you go you like the granny in there granny.
2: and like you said everybody has to have a why or i y at the end of yeah
1: the day. my granny my granny played well last night <laughs> she had her dentures in exactly.
2: all right, she, this is not... team, she put away her cane and it's just like, it, it is it is something that
3: is to-
1: vander cane
3: it is totally unique to hockey is it
1: also a baseball thing, too? I, I don't
3: think so. I, I don't know. Especially since all the... I mean, there's a lot of language barriers in both of them, obviously. But um, I, I don't think so. I think it's... So, I, think I, it's I
1: remember... Uh, it was uh, Who's... Not not Girardi. Who's the uh, Yankees manager now? Is it Boone. Boone. Yeah, he called Brett Gardner Gardy. He's like, yeah, Gardy was really yeah. legging it from first to third.
3: <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think... I was talking to Willie about this the day we destroyed Chase McCabe on the, on the show. Uh-huh. And I said, Willie, have you ever... You know, during a broadcast, like, how often do you do you do this? And he goes, well, I will occasionally do it because I've said Johansson 412 times in a a broadcast. I feel like Mm -hmm. I need to switch it up occasionally. And so I might throw a Joey in there, but I do it very rarely and I never do it in an interview setting. Um, And and he goes, it's just totally it's not this is not a new conversation, but Mm -hmm. it's just totally unique to hockey. It is a very there's not a single human that goes by their name except for maybe Cal Turris, <laughs> of all the people. There's just not anybody that goes by their name. It's just... call him Terry. Or just Kyle. It's pretty short. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle. No, no. <laughs> Kylie. <laughs> Kylie. And I was like, no,
2: that's a general. Terry.
1: <laughs> thought Terry had K-T. a lot of jam tonight.
2: KT. Call him KT.
1: KT's
3: not bad. Yeah.
1: As long as he starts playing like he's been playing, you can call him whatever the hell you want. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. All right. Coming up next, you'll hear the one-on-one with Victor Robertson. And then also, while... Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold have not been the best duo. Maybe we actually do have a dynamic one-two punch. It's just on a different team here in Nashville. Back after this on Morning Drive. Ah, uh, yes. little funky Cole Medina here on a Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. I dig it. It's Morning Drive. We're live this morning. The wholesaling studio powered by RumbleOn.com. Uh, we will get to some interesting conversation in just a second regarding the dynamic duo that could very well be in Nashville that doesn't include the Tennessee Titans we'll explain in just a moment Uh, but first let's hear a little one on one post game last night our boy the Constable Chase McCabe and his buddy Victor Arvidsson
4: let's just start with this offense it's not only your line it's not only the Duchesne line but it seems like things are just being spread around you guys are able to to execute and score these goals yeah sure we're we're creating uh, I think we're doing a great job uh, offensively and uh, today we're good defensively too so that, that's good power play continues to generate chances you guys uh, score on it once again tonight is it just now more of a comfort than anything with the, kind of the new way of doing things oh we have some more options for where we know each other and, and, and dutchy has been complimenting, complimenting us really good so he's a great player and we're just trying to try to have fun out there and, and make plays And Matt Duchesne, six assists in three games with this team, uh, obviously adds a a different dynamic to an already pretty good offense. For sure, yeah. He's been putting up points his whole career, so I didn't expect anything else. And and he's just doing what he always done. So uh, he's been a great addition, like I said, and he's making it easy for for his linemen. You brought up the defense earlier. What are you seeing out of Dante Fabro as a a kid that doesn't have a lot of games under his belt? You, You watch him out there, it feels like he's been here for a while. Yeah, he plays with confidence, and he's a good skater. He believes in his game, so I think he's done a great job so far. And got in last year in the playoffs, and, and did a great job then too. So he's just going to get better from here. I feel like.
1: All right, there you go, Chase McCabe, Victor Arvidsson, post game last night in the room.
3: So many chances to screw up, and he didn't. He, you so, know, he so paused when he I'm said so Duchenne. when he said
2: he paused and he said Matt Duchenne. because I think in his mind after Arvy said Duchy. He was like, No, I can't say that. You can't say that. Block she, it out. You, block it you out, know please. he's gonna <laughs> do it
3: one time just to troll us. He's gonna say, like, to somebody in the interview process, like, oh, like another apple for Dutchy last night. What do you think of his play? Like, and he's gonna do it on purpose just to troll us. Uh, and what if, what, I will think that uh, I will then think that's next level. What if someone says what is an apple? Uh, I mean, well, the hockey players know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what is an
2: apple?
1: Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> just to mess with it, yeah, like, just a troll.
3: Six assists for Matt Duchesne. So, off to a pretty good start. And
1: speaking of Matt Duchesne, let's get into this because so far through one game where LaJuan and Saffold have been together, it has not looked like a dynamic duo, one-two punch on the left side of the line. Still, plenty of time for that to change. At least on the LaJuan perspective, Saffold could be a lost cause, but. Duchene Forsberg, you know we discussed it Forsberg being taken off the joe line put with Matt Duchene and Mikael Granlund. Is it possible and I know it's only 3 games, but could Duchene and Forsberg be one of the most dynamic 1-2 punches in the league?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Again, this is why they were so and again, people get overly sensitive about this stuff, but but it's okay. A, a 1A and 1B, it's not a first line and a second line. I mean, it, right now Philip Forsberg is leading all forwards at 17.58 of ice time. So 18 minutes of ice time per game. Matthew Shane almost at 18 minutes of ice time. And, and Mikael Mikhail Grandlin at, at 17 minutes of ice time. Those guys are all playing more than Ryan Johansson and Victor Arvidsson. So th- they are playing more ice time right now. So technically, if you want to get super dramatic about it, they are kind of the first line. Uh, those two guys have clearly, clearly gelled quickly. And Granlund's a big part of this as well. You heard Lavi say that. So it, it's, it's interesting you've never really felt like the Predators for a long time even had a first line. Mm -hmm. And then they found Jofa, and and for a couple years now, you felt like they had one of the best lines that would go up against any other best line and and hold its own. And now, for the first time ever in 20-plus years, you you feel like you've got a bona fide top two lines that will go to bat and go to battle with anybody in the league, and and you feel good about it. And Forsberg-Duchene, from a skill standpoint... The, those are two of the more talented players on the on the team. I mean, you, you know, Arvidsson's not more talented than Forsberg and Duchesne. He he might be a better player, but he's not more talented. So you put those two together, and, and you've got a chance for something special. And I think that's what they're trying to do, and it's why it's worked. And um, listen, they've they've got two options now to go out there on the first shift whenever they want. You just got you,
2: you want it, You want to see it consistently happen. Um, you know because at the beginning of the season, first week or two weeks of the season, um, you know, good players are gonna that's just who they are. And everybody's amped up and everybody's fresh and, and, and ready to go and the league is each team is still trying to figure the other out. Um I wanna see after twenty five games and if they're still if these lines are still playing, one if they're still together, meaning because of injury but if this line, these lines are still complain, playing the, the way they have been, mm-hmm. then that's when I will say, okay, it, we they got something special here. Uh, but it's not – because no one expected San Jose to start off on, what, on 4 0-3. On 0-4 oh, now. Um, I think uh, Carrollson mm-hmm. had just come back. Um, they had three guys missing on that team.
1: Well, Kane made his debut last yeah, night like he made was his suspended for the first three. Yeah. Uh,
2: I think he was what gone. A nice guy. I think he was gone for the first game or two. So no one expected them to start off 0-3. But I don't think anyone's really truly panicking. They want to see, well, how are they after 25 games? Then maybe we can start panicking. That's what I want to see from the the Predators in these lines. After 25 games, if they're still playing – Playing at this level but if they're consistently playing well then I'm like okay they got something special with these two lines or possibly even the three line well
1: and here's the other thing too you know Matt Duchesne last year had 70 points 31 goals 39 assists uh is it possible that Duchesne and or Forsberg could be a point per game player this year
3: Certainly. Um, it seems unlikely, but that's certainly possible. And and even the broadcast last night, I thought was interesting. You know, It's always interesting. I don't necessarily always agree with the national perception of, of local teams, but it is interesting to hear what they think. And again, you can agree or disagree with it. But last night, even during the broadcast, um, I, I want to say it was in the second period where the Preds had gone up, I think, 3-1, and they were basically... You know, the the broadcasting team was raving about the depth down the middle. You know, hey, they've got – when they go Johansson, Duchesne, Benino, Taurus, you know, they're as talented as anybody in the NHL. They've got great goaltending. They've got a good defense core. And and they just started rattling off all the things that they like about this Predators team. And I'm going Mm – you're going – like they're just kind of raving about it. And I'm going, all right, well, we're only three games in. Easy. But, again, if there is a renewed chip on your shoulder, you have – you don't feel like you've taken a huge step back with Dante Fabro versus PK Subban, and you've added an eight million dollar a year talent to your center lineup in Duchesne, who's now producing at a at a pretty high clip just off just out of the gate. It, it, it does make you look at this team and go, where is the main main weakness? Right? Like, is it a net front presence? Is it because because it, if it's right now, it's not second line scoring. Right? Like, oh. power play's been been productive so far, mm-hmm. so. Um, again, extraordinarily small sample size. You got a long way to go, but there, even when the national broadcast during the game is sort of just raving about how complete your team is, there's not a lot of weaknesses. That, that's a, that's a good sign if you're a fan.
1: All right, coming up next, we're going to get to the Tennessee Titans, and we could very well be closing in on the return slash debut of one player we're back after this here on espn 1025 again it is morning drive live here on a wednesday edition of the show nick braden d mace and marquise and uh tonight the uh I believe episode number
3: two episode two smashville live returns tonight live from brew house south and cool springs of course that's uh located down there at 1855 galleria boulevard starting at seven o'clock this week's guests are Predators players Kyle Turris, who scored a goal last night, and Dan Ham. the first fifty people will have an opportunity to get an autograph for a picture. Smashville Live is brought to you, of course, by our wonderful sponsors: New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, and Red Spirits and Wine. Should I ask Kyle Turris if he listens to Jared and the GM? KT. Although yesterday, who was it? Uh, what did they, what did some? What did our caller call? Was it Jordan and the
1: coach? Jordan and the coach. Jordan yeah. and the coach. <laughs> yeah. which is also a new one. It used to be Gerald yeah. and
3: the coach. Now it's Jordan and the coach. I just am curious if I should ask Kyle Turner's mm. that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's the lead of the show tonight. Okay. Yeah. yeah Question number dude. one. Listen to Jordan and the coach.
3: Listen, I don't care, guys, Dan and Kyle, about your big win last night against San, San Jose, but let's get to really important matters. Do you know what pay what you owe means, Kyle? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs>
1: All right. So it looks like Jeffrey Simmons is about to make his return and debut, and we're on the precipice of that happening. Uh, apparently, he will practice next week. Could play week seven against the Chargers. Uh, what do we make of this and what should expectations be
3: so the the he is on the NFI list which is different than where Ryan suckup is he is on the the IR list which they both can come back and practice starting next week you have to go six weeks into the season before you can start practicing so by all accounts both guys will start practicing next week however Ryan suckup obviously because he's on IR cannot play a game until week nine so Ryan suckup will be back week nine uh, at the earliest. I don't expect Jeffrey Simmons to be playing anytime soon. Um, the fact that he's back at practice should should give Titans fans a bunch of exciting, um, you know, all the good feels, right? You get your first-round draft pick at practice and certainly ahead of schedule. The question I have is just at, at what level is he able to contribute right right now? And so I wouldn't be surprised if it still wasn't a couple of weeks before you actually saw him. If he is able to play week seven in his first week back from practice at the minimum amount of missed time, I, I, I'm almost concerned. <laughs> like, it sounds great, but it almost, you kind of go, okay, let's make sure the knee's healthy. Let's make sure you're good to go. And even then, you're probably expecting 10, 12, 14 snaps, 15 snaps at the most. You know, situational football to get his feet wet. I, I don't know. I don't know, Derek. I don't know if you've ever came came back from an ACL, but it just—I know they come back at very different speeds. The human body works very differently, but uh, I, I just feel like it would be a surprise if you saw him at his first eligible game, which, of course, would be Week Seven. I, I feel like it's going to be longer than that, but that's just—I'm mm-hmm. just guessing at this point. It
2: was—it's been what eight, nine months for him since he had surgery. So
3: right around Adrian Peterson' length of time.
2: Yeah. What I'm afraid of is this is the same thing that that Conklin went through. And then what what happened with Conklin? Well, he ended up injuring something else, and he ended up not being the player that he was the previous season. It really took him two years to kind of get back to where I'm sure he feels pretty good now. And that's, you know, when you're 300 pounds in ACL, you just start, it, it takes a while to get your body back to where it once was. He's not a 185-pound, you know, receiver or running back. He's a big guy, and, you know, all that, you know, It's it's all that weight on that one knee. Now, I'm sure the Titans will continue to slow play this because it's not like they are the 31st-ranked defense in the National Football League. They are, you know, a top-10 defense. And, you know, having him back would help. But if they don't get him back, I mean, it's not like this team is all of a sudden going to fall off the map. This is a good defense. Now, what he brings to the defense, we hope, is an intimidating factor. I mean, I said this yesterday. That's a good team. They don't quite have that intimidating presence on their team. They're a bunch of really, really good, t- sound, technical players that do exactly what they're supposed to do. They're not going to get beat much. They're smart players. But for some reason, they don't have that. When I look on that defensive line, and I love Jarrell Casey, but I look on that defensive line, I don't see that big just guy that just looking. you like, man, whew,
1: God. I got to block this guy again. But seriously, you know what I need from him, though, is you know the month of December. If this team is still in the hunt, they're six and six, they're seven and six, whatever it might be. He's a fresh guy at that point. Let's say he's played a few weeks in November. He starts to really catch his stride and make an impact in the final month of the season. I think that's the best case scenario. I,
3: yeah, I, t- I totally agree. I, I think you view anything pre-December um, and and even pre-November as, as like total house money that you just want him to sort of grow and develop and and get and and build up that lather right like you want like a three or four game window where he's not starting he's not playing a majority of the snaps he's sort of rotating in and out you 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 want to bring ease him back into competition um and the other difference there of course between him and conklin is that when you put a right tackle in you don't really rotate him out too much right the the those offensive linemen are generally the guys that play 100 percent of the snaps so on a defensive lineman, you're you're doing a lot more rotating, so that maybe helps keep the knee intact or whatever. again, i I, I am not a medical professional, so I have no idea. but it does feel like th- this whole thing is ahead of schedule. If he, in fact, is active if he in fact is able to play, that's the difference. we We all know he was he, he had a chance to come back after six games to be practice eligible and activated. Um, but the idea that he will play. In week seven, again, I, I'll believe it when I see it. Like, that—that that is it, – it's even being reported just as a possibility. It's not a, a done deal. So, I'm with you. Full strength, 100% starting by week 10, 11, Well, think about 12. this. I think that's, here's, that's awesome.
1: here's your schedule. The Titans have a bye week 11. Mm-hmm. They come out week 12 on the 24th of November, which is Thanksgiving weekend, against the Jaguars. The stretch run, you have four division games. You have the Jaguars, the Colts, and the Texans twice. The final three games in December, it's Texans-Saints-Texans. Texans. So you're talking Watson twice and Drew Brees. Yeah. That's when it's nice to have a guy like Jeffrey Simmons. That's when he needs to yeah. be kind of rounding in the
2: form. To me, he needs to have a de Nada impact, meaning when Haloti Nada first got into the league, you know, the first couple of years, especially his first year, this guy was just, he was a monster in the middle. And Were you he, with him in Baltimore yeah, when that happened? Uh-huh. And he kept those guys off of Ray Lewis and the other guys because he was just, he was a big powerful a monster presence. Was. And that's what we need um Simmons to be, this presence to keep, you know, to keep the the offensive linemen off of those quick skilled linebackers that we have. If he can do that along with Jarrell Casey, I mean it's going to free up those linebackers to do a lot of things. And 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 Dean Pease would loved would love not to have to blitz you know, Logan Ryan all the time or some other defensive guy. Kenny Vaccaro, exactly. Yeah. He would love to not have to do that. He would love to have those guys in coverage and, and, and mixing things up because if you can get Simmons and, and, and Jarrell Casey and those other guys to occupy those big guys, those offensive linemen, then let those linebackers hit those holes,
1: Oh man, that's when it becomes a scary defense. Is is their dream scenario from like a, a down and distance standpoint? Mm-hmm. If it's third and long and it is one hundred percent a passing situation, Casey Simmons, Wake Landry, that front four throwing a fifth guy like Rashawn Evans blitzing through one of the gaps. I mean, that's Dean ps well, dream scenario, yeah, right? Da- they,
3: Daquan Jones had a sack last week. I mean, it's not like he's they're not they're a dream, decent player. Their
1: dream
2: scenario is rushing those four guys and collapsing the pocket. That's his dream scenario. That's every defensive coordinator's dream scenario that I have four guys that can collapse the pocket and I don't have to. That's why the Giants... The year they beat New England, yeah. that's why they were so good. They didn't have to blitz anybody. No. They had four guys, flat out four guys, that can get to the pass. Why, why, we collapse the pocket very
3: quickly. Why did Clemson win the national title last year? Because they had four guys they that could four, collapse the pocket. They didn't have to blitz. Yeah. I, know, I, I totally agree. And the beauty of this is that you still have so many viable options while you're rotating him in. Right, like mm-hmm. You feel comfortable. Like Daquan Jones has been a <laughs> solid player for them this year. Mm-hmm. Like you feel comfortable? All right, Simmons isn't one hundred percent. We're going to play him for fifteen snaps. Well, the other twenty-five or thirty-five snaps need to be accounted for, and you've got bodies to do that. Whether it's Isaiah Mack or or you know, and, and again, there there obviously has to be a roster move made here. If he is in fact a- activated for the for for week seven, then you've got to figure out who who's not on the roster anymore. Whether that's Matt Dickerson or, or whatever, um, but you feel pretty comfortable about the rotation too. It's not just. That front four, you know, on third and eight in the fourth quarter, you feel really good about those four guys going to get the quarterback. What does the rotation look like in the meantime to get him up to speed? You feel pretty comfortable about that group. Um, The question is, is can Jeffrey Simmons play right guard or left guard? Can he block? Because that's really what they need. (laughs) It's not another defensive stud. They need an, an offensive lineman right now.
1: All right, right now it's your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Nashville SC take on North Carolina and Nissan Stadium on Saturday, October the 12th. Just be caller number five right now at 615-737-1025, 737-1025, caller five. You get yourself a pair of tickets for Nashville SC. So we know the Titans have issues, but the AFC as a whole has issues as well. It's a midweek portion of the week as we're, you know, the the vitriol has gone away for the Titans, at least until Sunday. But let's take a look at the landscape of the conference when we come back. Are the Titans in bad shape like we think, or is there still plenty of wiggle room? We're back after this on Morning Drive. All right, welcome back into Morning Drive, 645 live here on a Wednesday edition of the show it's been doom and gloom for the Tennessee Titans, and uh, justifiably so. The last couple of weeks have not gone according to plan. But let's um, take a look at this conference right now because I-, I was just looking at the NFC yesterday. The NFC, the North, every team has a winning division, uh, winning record in the division. The NFC West is stacked, minus the Cardinals. I mean, there's. I think the balance of power clearly lies in the NFC right now. But you go to the AFC. If we were to remove the Patriots, who are five and zero. The Bills, who were 4-1 and one and beat the Titans, and the Chiefs, who are 4-1. and one. I mean, you got a bunch of 3-2s, and 2-3s. Two and threes. I,
3: I'd leave the Bills in there and, and just take the Chiefs and the Patriots out. Because the Chiefs okay. and the Patriots feel like they're better than everybody else. It, leave the Bills in there, because they're clearly not better than everybody else. They've got a good, nice record here. Uh, and I don't, I'm not calling them paper tigers here or whatever. I don't <laughs> think that's the case. I think they're a good football team. But
1: the rest of the conference has
3: issues. If the Bills are the third-best team in the conference, that tells you all you need to know about where this, this conference is. You know, Cleveland is is what? <laughs> we don't know what Cleveland is. Who knows? Is. But Baltimore looks like the frontrunner in that division, but they also have question marks. You know, Houston and Indianapolis, and, in, you know, in this AFC South, you know, can Indianapolis sustain this for the entire year? I think we believe that they can. You know, how long does Deshaun Watson stay upright, right? Um, and then is does anyone believe that Oakland... Is is a wild card team? Probably not.
1: You know what? I don't that, know. That, man. that win against Oakland, Chicago yeah. was pretty impressive. Well, Oakland, no, no
3: Trubisky, you know, Oakland is.
2: Here's the thing about Oakland. I think what Oakland did, that the best thing they ever did was get rid of Antonio Brown. I think that kind of stabilized that franchise. Uh, and isn't I'm that not so, saying that's so weird yeah, for I'm a guy not, who never played
3: a game, exactly. That's but and
2: so I'm not weird. saying that Gruden's a great coach or anything. But I just think. They ha- they're okay,
1: but he looked pretty smart on Sunday yeah. because the guy he traded away, Khalil Mack, mm-hmm. the, one of the guys, one of the picks in return is Josh Jacobs. Yeah, oh, and Josh yeah. Jacobs had himself a day. Oh, he
3: bought out. Um, I wish the Abrams game. kid stayed healthy. One of their first round picks this and year. He was going,
2: he's going to be a player.
3: I, I think I very going highly to be a them, yeah.
2: But if you look at the AFC, man, um, the, everything when at the start of the season, and this is how you know we approach this. It's Okay, you're going to see a a lot of teams kind of just jump out there at the beginning. Uh, And there are going to be a few teams that don't play well. I want to see in November and December, that's when teams start to separate themselves. That's when the good teams, you know, they've been in this cluster, cluster, and all of a sudden, come November and December, in a war of attrition, they kind of separate themselves from everyone else. So
3: they go from good to great?
2: Yeah, sort of, kind of like that. Okay. And that's where that's that's when i start to really hammer down you know sort of you know who's where where you know who do i think is going to be a playoff team uh, because right now i think the only the only sure thing right now in the afc barring injury is that new england will be in the playoffs Surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah. Surprise, surprise, surprise.
3: You don't put Kansas City in that same conversation? I
2: do, but Kansas City, if they have an injury or two on deep I think they'll make the playoffs, but if they
1: have an injury or two on defense, man, I I feel bad well, for Well, he, Here's the thing, though, I think the Colts gave the blueprint. If you have a they good offensive get, line, they
3: couldn't get off the field. You yeah. just
1: you just yeah. run right at Kansas City yeah. and punch that defense in the face and minimize the times Patrick Mahomes is on the field. Do you think the Titans could do that? No, I, mean,
3: I, no, I think they can. Absolutely. Oh. You think Kansas City's going to stop? Dude, the reason they won the game in, in in Arrowhead in the playoffs was they couldn't stop Derrick Henry. They mm-hmm. just kept handing him the ball. Like The Chiefs defense isn't any better today than it was when they played in the wild card game you trust a couple Ch- years you,
1: you trust the Titans' offensive line right now to do this? I, I, no.
3: To run the football against that defense? Yes. To, oh, against to, Kansas City? To, yeah. pa- to pass block against almost anybody else? No. No, I don't. But here's the other side of that equation, Derrick. You, you said, you know, let's put New England and Kansas City in and say, all right, that feels for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing. Miami, the Jets, and Cincinnati, although Sam Darnold, I believe, was cleared to return. Yeah, he was. Which is good news. Miami, the Jets, and Cincinnati, and, and if the Titans go beat Denver this weekend, you can kind of take take those four almost out of it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of already being trimmed down to a like a nine-team race for five spots, or for four spots, right? It's already sort of, we've already trimmed the fat. We've given two teams two spots, and we've already taken three teams out of it. That's a third of the conference. We're down to ten teams for, for four spots. So, yeah, but if,
2: if, if the Titans can't pick up a win this week, they make their job very difficult. I'm telling you, no. watch out. Yeah, this week's huge. Yeah, watch out for Indianapolis um, for this reason. And I know we're going to talk about it a little bit later. Um, Frank Wright has done a wonderful job. I mean a wonderful job with this team. They thought this team was going to fold when Andrew Luck retired. And now I'm starting to believe that that Andrew Luck, the only reason he retired, because he felt confident enough that 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 Brissett could lead this team. He felt confident enough that the now they have talent around. He wasn't leaving the franchise exa- exa- to die. Ab- absolutely. I think he felt like, okay, I can retire now. You know, I've been beat up. Jacoby Brissett's a good quarterback. I can retire, and if things won't just fall apart, I don't think he would have left that franchise if he felt things were just going to fall apart. Pay attention to New- Indianapolis. This team is just going to quietly keep winning games. I'm not saying they're going to be the best team in in the league, but you're going to look, and somehow, some way, they're going to find themselves in the AFC Championship game.
1: Marlon Mack looks wow. like a combination of Le'Veon Bell and Lashawn McCoy He's be- behind that good. offensive line.
2: That offensive line the, the off- is reminiscent the, of Dallas's uh, the, offensive, the offensive line. The
3: offensive line is what's doing it, and and uh, again, you watch Georgia play, for example. The reason Jake Fromm can stand back there mm-hmm. forever and, and pick apart defenses is because the offensive line keeps him upright the entire time. I think I think I think Jake Fromm's been hit one time like all year. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's what the Colts the offensive line has done. Now here here's and I I would say we were one of the few shows that was on top of this. I, I had the Colts at thirteen and three and going to the Super Bowl with mm-hmm. Andrew Luck. So if Andrew Luck is worth four or five wins, 9-7 is still pretty good. 8-8 is still pretty good. I don't know if this team is a 10-win team. I don't know if they're that good. And maybe that's what you're saying, Derek, because you think they're even better than we thought. But we thought pretty highly of this team with Jacoby Brissett. Mm -hmm. We we thought they could be an 8- or 9-win team, which puts you right in the mix in this division every year because this division never has an elite team. Uh, Texans, I still think, are the team to beat. I, but at this stage if the titans end up at 9 and 7 or 8 and 8 and the jags end up at 9 and 7 or 8 and 8 and the colts end up at 9 and 7 or 8 and 8 i don't think anybody sh- should be surprised by that the question is does that put you into a wild card race because if the wild card like Pittsburgh doesn't look like they're a factor this year right now at nah, one at not one and four lost
2: both of their quarterbacks.
3: I mean the, the Chargers are at two and three. They were expected to be better than that. I
2: think the Chargers will get better and, as they go, and maybe Buffalo
3: will 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 trip up along the way because they they can't sustain sort of what they what they're doing on offense, turning the football over. I, I just think there's it's still wide open. I think if you're Titans fan now this weekend is huge. Two and four is very different than three and three. Those are. That's a very different number, it feels like. So if you can go on the road and beat Denver, not only do you take Denver out of the equation and you maybe put them in the elimination pile, but you've kind of given yourself a, some, some new life, which is what they tend to do, right? They they disappoint one week and then they give themselves new life the next week. That's, that's what this organization tends to do.
1: And to your point on Frank Wright, we can get to that now. I'm not sure that he's getting the credit he deserves mm-hmm. because... If you watch that game Sunday night, they had no Darius Leonard. Mm -hmm. Their secondary was ravaged. I mean, they were playing with a front four and not many other starters. And they held Patrick Mahomes so much in check that they won that game in a defensive grinded out affair. Right now, I mean, you go back to last year. Since that 1-5 and start, look at what the Colts have done. The Luck retirement. He's beaten Vrabel multiple times. Is Frank right? Because I think back in the summer we had the yeah. discussion and we said, "Well, I don't think Titans fans would trade Vrabel for Reich, and I don't think Colts fans would trade Reich for Vrabel." Should we revisit that? Well, yeah.
3: well Derek, you were on the, the, yeah, the, the Reich right side of this, Wright, so I'll, I'll you know you don't have to apologize here. I'll, uh-huh. I'll apologize because I, <laughs> I I thought I thought not, and and in my opinion of last year doesn't change mm-hmm. because of new things this year. This is this is the this is one of the weirdest things in sports that I don't think people on Twitter understand. My opinion coming into this year was last year, Mike Vrabel dealt with far more adversity. Mm-hmm. Mike Vrabel did deal with far more adversity last year. He lost to Laney Walker in week one. His quarterback was injured. The offensive line was hurt. You know, all the things that we've documented throughout the course of the summer for nine months about what went wrong last year with the Titans. Uh, you know, Frank Reich had Andrew Luck healthy mm-hmm. behind the best offensive line in the AFC. And, they, wanted, and they, went, they, they won what 10 out of 11 or 9 out of 10 and, and made the playoffs. He gets credit for that, but Vrabel, I thought, did a better job to be one game behind them mm-hmm. with no Andrew Luck at all. So that doesn't change. But this year, Mike Vrabel has made multiple coaching mistakes. Mm-hmm. This year, Mike Vrabel is going forward and kicking field goals when he should be doing the opposite. This year, the offensive line has gotten worse. This year, Taylor LeJuan was suspended. This, you know, this year is different. Frank Reich is doing it now without Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. So we have the ability to change our opinions on things, and I thought last year Vrabel did a better job. This year... You cannot argue that Frank Reich has not done a better job. He's done a better job than mm-hmm. Mike Vrabel has. So we are allowed to change the way we think on, on things and see things because new information has come to light. Man, at worst,
2: this Indianapolis team because we could we could say what well, a Titans game could have went either way, but if 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 the kicker makes his field goals in 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 in, um, in Cali against the Chargers. This team is at worst four and one right now. So they beat the Titans. This team is five and zero. Oh.
3: Now you can't say that. You can say that about the Titans too. They no, could no,
2: be no. no. that's why I gave them the loss against the Titans. I'm saying they right. at, at worst they four and one right. because you know whatever happens. But if you look at what Frank Wright has been able to do, he has been able to take this team and with that offensive line, and he is. Working, because if you look at the Titans and you look at in Indianapolis, and by the way, Frank
1: read three and zero against yeah. Vrabel so far. You Screw look it. at
2: both teams; they're they're identical. Now, Indy's offensive line is better than the Titans, but they are <laughs> identical. I would take. I mean, I'm looking at the Titans defense and and, and it's probably take, I would yeah take is, is, uh, I take yeah you could kind of throw it up and say okay which one would you take the Titans I take I take if you give me the Titans defense and Indy's and offense, offensive yeah, line yeah offensive line offense then this is a five and oh team I, I, I would think.
1: take two Colts defenders off of that team oh, and put yeah. them on Tennessee Leonard? Darius Leonard and yeah. Justin Houston oh absolutely the rest of the way I'm all Titans yeah.
2: Yeah, but I, I, agree. I, I look at what Frank Wright has been able to do and he's got he, he's gotten more out of his team than Mike variable Vrabel has gotten out of his team in two years. Um and I don't know if that's an indictment on Vrabel or what. I think
3: I think it's complimentary yeah, luck.
2: Yeah. I think Frank Wright has done a up until this point, not to say, you know, a, a year or two down the line, you know, Vrabel won't be better than him. I think he's just he's out coach Mike Vrabel Two years combined.
1: I think now, Vrabel, uh,
2: I mean, I'm not saying next year what can happen. No, but to t- 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 I, I, right. I, I
3: think Andrew Luck beat the beat the Titans. I th- last but I think
1: year. Frank Reich is more calculated and more even keeled, mild mannered. Whereas I think Vrabel's a little too intense in over-reactionary well, and overreactionary at times. And,
3: and that that may be fair. It's also maybe the difference between a, a quarterback a and cerebral, a linebacker, a, a cerebral offensive player versus an emotional defensive player. Mm-hmm. Again, not to say that Vrabel's not cerebral and that Frank Reich's not emotional. It's just. Offensive players tend to go that direction, quarterbacks like you said, Nick. And, and you know, Vrabel played his, – his entire career is about emotion and about playing above his ability. And you've said all the time, Derek, he's got to take his, his he has, helmet off yeah, and put on his coach's Yes, he, he
2: has to remove it. But what – Frank Wright uses every tool that he has. He uses analytics. He uses – they are huge on analytics. They use all of that stuff. And I don't know if – if – if – if – if uh, Mike Vrabel is big on analytics and a former I, tight ends coach calling plays, exactly. I don't think he's huge on analytics. But you, you just Frank look at Frank Wright,
1: Wright though on the sideline. He's got the he's got the glasses on and he's got the great grizzly beard and he's he's looking, like looking at professor. his play chart. He's like, it looks like he's ordering a bottle of wine at a restaurant. He's like, I'll take the uh, cabernet. <laughs> no, but
3: he, he looks he looks like a mathematics professor at like at like Indiana University ordering a bottle of cabernet. At dinner, he's figuring, he he's like.
2: Fi- it's like he's figuring out all these problems. As is going on, and does and, that make
3: Vrabel a bartender at a at a bar in Columbus, Ohio? <laughs> hey, <Adam's Yes>. <laughs> Dishing out Miller Lights, <laughs> Thirsty Thursdays.
1: <laughs> All right, we're kidding, Coach. Yeah, we're, we're we kidding. love you, Coach. We love you. We're kidding. Do we love him?
2: I have no problem with. I Mike mean, Vrabel. I have no problem. Yeah, exactly. I think you know. He has made some mistakes as a head coach. Those are, those
3: are very, to me, they're very isolated. You can fix. Yeah, them. he
2: it, it, this this organization is. I think they're better. Uh, I just think you know he might. You know he's the third best coach in this division. Now,
3: if Mike Vrabel stood on well, a second, because I don't
2: like Bill O'Brien. If
3: Mike Vrabel stood on a table and convinced John Robinson to sign Roger Saffold, then I've got a problem. But I doubt that that was what happened. I would assume that that was a John Robinson brainchild first and foremost.
1: All right, is the number. If you want to jump in on the conversation, we'll come back, uh, continue on with some Titans as well. Uh, here's what we have coming up on the show today. Derek Mason, head coach of Vanderbilt, is going to join us at 730. And our buddy Adam Vingen from The Athletic will stop by coming up at 830. Back after this on Morning Drive.